0: Hey everybody, I'm Sam Bauer with the Wherever You Go podcast. I'm the moderator and host of this podcast and I am so excited today because my friend um, Tori Branham is here with me today and um, Tori has a pretty awesome story um, that I think is going to touch a lot of you and she has a really cool business. She Um, owns a business called Middle Georgia Female Firearms Training in Middle Georgia. So Georgia's where she's from, it's where she lives, but she does train women all over the country in firearms um, safety and comfort and just like teaching awareness and self-defense. And it's just, I've been in two of her classes so far, I'm doing another one in March because I love it so much. And um, it's helping me feel more comfortable with the idea of defending myself if the situation arises that I need to, um, as well as helping me learn how to use my weapon in a safe way that I can actually um, feel comfortable with. So Tori, I, I just am so grateful that you're here and I'm so grateful for what you do um, and I'm excited that you're willing to share kind of how God's worked on you over your life to get you to this point. So I'm just gonna, if you just want to introduce yourself and then just kind of start from wherever you're comfortable starting and share with us your, what your journey has been like and how God's pressed on you in different times over your journey.
1: Okay. Um, I'm Tori Branham. i own a middle Georgia female firearms training I am a a female Marine veteran and I was actually a marksmanship instructor in the Marine Corps. So I have trained upwards of 6,000 women now since 2018. Um, But I do share how I got started because I know that everything I've been through in my life, God has lined it up to this one point. And when you go through those hard times, you don't realize that sometimes, you know, you don't realize that God's actually molding you into who he wants you to be. And, you have to learn from those experiences. So um when i so i got out of the marine corps, i had children, um i got my degree in psychology, i started working as a therapist. And um there was a time in 2016 for about 2 weeks um i i'm very busy. my my daughters are busy, my daughter's cheer. I don't have cable in my house. I don't have time to watch tv. But um, and you have quite a few daughters, right? I have seven daughters. (laughs) One is actually active duty Navy right now. So yeah, they're getting older. Um, Crazy. So anyway, for two weeks straight, when I would turn on the news, it would be midnight. It was a recap of the news and it was always something about a woman victim. And this guy, like he had killed his kids, killed his wife, killed himself. Um, Another guy had cut his fiance's baby out of her stomach and there was just, It was just like, I felt like God was sending me a message. Why is it the same thing every time I turn on the TV? And I never thought that I could use my Marine Corps background, my psychology degree, um, my past experiences in the same capacity. Um, But that night I decided to run a small yard sale ad um, in Macon, Georgia, and offer handgun training to women. And my phone blew up. I had 100 messages right away and I was like oh yes. god like your plan's bigger than mine this is way too much so I always it right <laughs> so yes cool. so I took it down and I had started training some nurses some teachers after after I would get off work in the afternoons and um, January 2000 so March of 2018 a lady called me and she said that her mom lived next door to an elderly couple that were murdered. These kids broke in, shot them in the head, and stole their car. And she's like, Will you teach my mom how to use her 40 year old revolver that was passed down? She doesn't want to learn on anything else. Um, she's scared to be home alone. And so, yeah, I trained her and I loved it. And I was kind of burned out from doing therapy, had compassion fatigue. Um, all I could think about was how can I reach more women? Because I really feel like that was the direction God was leading me in. And all these people started reaching out to me, these landowners, like you can train women on our land. It made me realize I can reach a lot of women. And I left my job in therapy, August, 2018. And I, it's just been a huge ministry for me. And now I realize, like God has lined everything. I've like my, I've had, I had trauma in my childhood. I had some trauma in the Marine Corps. I had um, a traumatic marriage. And so I realized that God had lined everything up to this perfect point, everything I had been through, everything I had learned, God was designing that to put me right where I am. And it is such a good place to be in knowing that God has, you know, I'm finally where he wants me to be, no doubt doing his work, helping women. Um, You know, I get a lot of women with temporary protective orders, victims of abuse, Um, women with trauma. I had a lady whose mom was shot in the back of the head by a gang member when she was three, and she was scared to pull the trigger on the gun because of the trauma. And I realized without my therapy background and my own background, that I wouldn't have been able to help them in the capacity that I do. So my class is a lot more than just pulling a trigger on a gun. It is the psychology behind it. It's the widow that lives at home feeling empowered, the woman who is has an estranged husband who won't leave her alone, and she's afraid he could come into her home at any time and take her life, and it happens every day. So yeah. it's so much more than just operating a gun. Yeah, and I think about you watching the news, and instead of a
0: lot of people will turn it off, right, because they don't want to hear it, or a lot of people will just live in fear, and here you are, like, all right, I've got the training, I've got the abilities and the skills to do this. Like God's already done this. So I'm not gonna sit here and let other women become a victim. I'm gonna teach them how to do these things. And to me, that's like such a, and and thank you for your military service, but that's such the heart of a servant that's willing to like step into something that like, I mean, who, who would think that like, the trials that God had put you through and your time in the military and your your time doing those things that would come to like, I mean, you've probably saved women's lives and you don't even know it. Like, I know for me, I, I've i never been in a situation, honestly, where I've ever been afraid. I've never been, I've been kind of in a bubble. Um, you know, I grow up in the Pennsylvania suburbs on a farm and um, I, I have never been in that situation until when, and I still haven't, but until I had children, I never had the desire to think that like, I need to carry a weapon. Um, because in my mama brain, something, somebody tries to do something to my kids. I want to make sure I can defend them. But also like now I'm not that I'm more valuable because I'm a mom, but like, I feel like if something were to happen to me now, or if somebody were to do something to me now, um, I just want to be able to defend myself to to preserve, you know, my life and my kids' lives, um, and show them that, like, we don't cower in fear, you know, we have a God-given right to defend ourselves, and he doesn't want us to back down, yeah, we turn the cheek, and yeah, we do, you know, we love our enemies, but if somebody's threatening our life, there's a time where we're supposed to defend ourselves so can, can you just talk a little bit about fear and like how yeah i mean because to me you are like excuse my language but you are such a badass like i just i would love to have that like I, that
1: well I'm, you know that is the elephant in the room um i'm a christian i'm born again saved baptized love the lord have my personal relationship with him um i'm not religious but i definitely know where i'm going and i feel like it's more about my internal relationship with god but people are confused. I had a lady tell me one day, she said, well, I pray and that's all I need is the Lord. And I'm like, the Lord gives people tools, earthly tools, just like doctors are tools in the, um, uh, doctors are tools in the maker's hands, um, things that they create, science, things like that. God gave people special brains to do that. And so I told the lady, I said, well, a person with a peanut allergy doesn't want to carry an EpiPen, but they have it in case they need it. Right. And the same yeah. with a gun. A gun is a tool in your toolbox. You have it in case you need it. You're not buying it with intent to kill, but you want to preserve your life. You're made in the image of God. Why would you not want to save yourself from someone who Satan is controlling? Who, we, one thing that separates us from the love of Christ is free will. And with that, we, we are subject to the evil in the world and the bad decisions and mistakes of people around us as well. Just like the guy that drives drunk in his truck or woman and hits the family and kills the family of five people his free will caused a tragedy so because of the evil in the world because we don't we are not our battle is not against powers and principalities and presidents it is against evil and darkness and satan and we have to be able to take up arms against that and even the bible talks about taking up arms um, maybe guns weren't created when the Bible was written, but they used rocks and slingshots and yep. and weapons. And we have a right to create, I mean, to protect the body and the life that God gave us and our families. And um, it is our God-given right. Um, and our country was founded on God and our second amendment was created to protect us against our own government. And yep. so- all the way back to the Constitution, things, which
0: I know is in yes. question in many, many places right now in our society. But like, our Constitution was built around Christian principles and the right to defend ourselves and the, the, the bare arms. Yes. Yeah, so,
1: yes. <laughs> Without, yeah, getting, you know, into so that, so you so cool. a lot of I don't I feel like there are Christians that question carrying a gun, maybe they don't feel like they're using their faith in God if they're protecting themselves. But like I said, it has nothing to do with that. It's, um, God gives us tools. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm, I, I agree with you. And I think that, and too, I think that people can use any excuse not to carry if they're not comfortable carrying, they shouldn't. Right. So like there, and I think God makes people like you, um, and people even like me who I'm not comfortable yet. Someday I will be, I think, I think after this next class, I'll be comfortable to to start carrying. But um, I think that he creates us because there are people that aren't going to be comfortable doing that, right? And so we need to help protect them. And um, I think that's something that is is a misconception in the world too. Is you know if if I know if you're in line with me at Giant Eagle or you know what Giant Eagle is because you've been up here enough times now. I do know now, yes. Store, store. <laughs> and you're in line with me and a gunman comes in. I know damn well you're going to take care of the situation and I'm going to be safe because I'm not comfortable carrying my weapon yet. But I'm grateful for the knowledge that there are people around me who are trained and skilled and, and have that and are willing to to fight that fight. And it's it's no surprise that, you know, you were in the military, so you, you not only do that in, in society as a, as a citizen, um, but you do it, you, you did it on the front lines, you know, with, and I, I know, I thought one of the interesting things too that you shared is that you were one of the few women that ever got as close as you got to the battlefield
1: in the time that you were in the Marines. Yes, my job um, was a radio operator initially before I was a PMI and that job specifically before we had a lioness program, the women in my job, um, they were, it was closest to the front lines that women could get to combat. Now I will be clear. I have, I didn't go to combat myself, but I um, trained or I battle site zeroed weapons for Marines on the range before they went down range. So they would come in and I would prep them to go to combat. Um, okay. But but at the time, my original job as a radio operator, um, the women that went in, that was the closest that they got yeah. to combat. So my unit actually deployed a week after I went to, I transferred to Japan. I was really upset because I trained with my people. I trained with my Marines. I wanted to be with them. They went to Iraq. I didn't want to go because I had just left. And and um I hated that because you train for it, you want to do it, you know. You don't want to just be cleaning your gun every day. You want to do your job. So it did disappoint me that I didn't get to go, but I feel like um all the Marines on the range helping them with their M16s and get their weapons ready. I know I've saved lives so they didn't have to mess with it when they got downrange. And um, you know, I had some people right out of boot camp that were they just they weren't great shots. They didn't really know a whole lot and I had to fix them and and they were going to combat. So I'm hoping that, you know, they made it through. Yeah, um, but like you're talking about, um, you know, I my mom has never to this day shot a gun. Um, I didn't grow up in the house with guns. Um, they were always scary to me. Nothing good ever happened with them. My aunt killed herself in 1994. She was active duty army. She shot herself in the head. Um, oh my gosh. So I never had a good experience with guns, but the thing is, um, you know, I don't feel like, I'm not a proponent of open carry, and this is, you're gonna see where I'm going with this, because now with active shooter situations and all the bad things in the world, it's people that aren't used to, people that do have a bad um, image of what, a gun. some people just have a really bad impression of them. Um, When you walk up in a place with your gun showing, it's intimidating because they don't have experience and it's scary. So I'm not a proponent of open carry. I like to, I like the element of surprise and um, because it's not our job as gun owners to instill fear in people like, oh, I'm, right. a bad, I'm a bad boy, I got a gun. You know, I don't need everybody to know that because, right. because there is a heightened sense of fear in people that aren't educated on them. But once people hold them in their hands and they use them, they understand that it's very powerful, but it's not scary. And yeah. um, so I, I don't feel like it's our job to... we we still need to make people around us comfortable as gun owners. And I want them to know I have your back. I'll keep you safe until you're ready because it's not for everyone. My mom is, she's on the fence. She wants to learn. She's very frightened of guns. And I feel like we need to be respectful of people around us and, and understand that you don't know what they've been through in their life or what they've heard or what they've seen. And that's a lot of that fear is just the fear of the unknown because it's not something they have experience with. Yeah. It's not necessarily hating guns, it's um, lack of knowledge.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not always comfortable. Um, I haven't always been comfortable with handguns. I grew up on a farm, my whole family hunts. You know, I was shooting um, shotguns, and like I remember like this old muzzle loader that you had to like put the gun in and like put the thing and like shoot it, and it knocked me over. Um, so I've, I'm comfortable around hunting guns. Long guns. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd never really been comfortable around handguns um, until probably, and I still, I'm, in all honesty, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable around them. Even the thought of like, you know, I, I do own one and I'm practicing with it and I'm becoming much more, much more comfortable just from taking some classes and getting out there and practicing and shooting it. But just like you said, like, I remember the first time I shot it being terrified, like, oh my gosh, like th- there's so much power in this. And like, you could really kill somebody with it. Um, but then comes that back, part, you know, the knowledge and the stories and the making sure that, you know, like I have this and I hope that I never, ever use it. Um, but if I do need to, it's a tool in my toolbox, you know, that's, that I, I skilled and I know how to use, and I know how to make it not go off and I know how to make it go off. And, um, you know, y- you never pull it out unless, you know that somebody is trying to kill you or, you know, it hurt you in a really, really bad mm-hmm. way. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's taken me, like, I remember, I remember even with my husband being like, no, do you have to bring it everywhere? Because <laughs> he, he's always carried. Um, and he was like, well, Sam, if we're out and somebody, if there's an active shooter situation or something like that, do you think they're gonna let me run back to the car and get my gun? <laughs> so I can't.
1: Exactly, take care. exactly. Like, yeah, that's
0: a good point. Um, but I have always really been sensitive to like, even the fact that I'm like speaking openly about this on my podcast for me is not the most comfortable thing. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there who aren't comfortable with this topic um, and are very adamantly against guns. Um, and so I wanna be sensitive to that. And, um, know that like, I understand that, um, but I also understand the need for good guys to have weapons.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, women aren't killers by nature. We're just not, we're not hunters. We're not killers. I believe God gave us a really good instinct better than men because we're not as physically strong. Yeah. But I do believe that most women, and I believe most, if not all (laughs) that carry that practice, Um, we're not going to use our gun unless we're in fear of our life. We're not just going to pull out a gun and shoot at a human being unless we're in fear of our life. And I've heard women say, well, I just don't know if I could pull the gun on, if I could pull the trigger and shoot someone. And I'm like, if a bear or a coyote or a rabbit animal was coming at you, you would kill them. And here's the thing. An evil person is an evil person. And if you don't take them out, you're I'm going home to my family. I'm going to stay alive for my kids. And if you don't take them out, you will never be their last victim. Right. Unfortunately. So
0: um, So you're not only saving your own life, but you're saving the next
1: victim. Yes. Yes. Because most people are repeat offenders. And what was
0: your stat? You shared a stat with us the last um, class that I attended that like with the
1: statistic of how many women are murderers versus men, it was like two percent. 2% of women women are violent killers. 98% of criminals are men. Um, I did read that in a book called The Gift of Fear. And then 62% of homicides are romantic partner violence. So, 62% of murders committed are against a romantic partner, a spouse. Um, It's crazy. Yeah. So, you never know like, are you even safe laying next to this person in bed? You really have to tune into your instincts and your gut and really get to know people and not overlook those red flags. Um, if your gut's telling you, it means your brain is telling you cause they're linked. And, um, it's just the, the, main, thing, yesterday. the <laughs> main thing that's going to save your life is listening to your gut instinct and yeah. staying 10 steps ahead of the bad guy and never having to pull your gun out. That's the whole goal. Um, and, and I like to like you share about not depending on your
0: partner to be your defender right so like my whole marriage so far my husband has been the one that carries he's been the one that, you know what if he's not with me or at the end of the day what if he's not that he is my husband is wonderful and amazing but in your situation yeah. of 64 of partners who's going to defend me then um
1: and yeah. so sorry you can't, I can't you, you there but you know yeah. it's fine I was trying you can't not you cannot depend on your daddy your brother your son um, there was a lady whose husband was deployed to Afghanistan and a guy was coming in her window and she called him to ask him what to do. You know, when I call 911, I tell everybody this, I'm going to tell you, there's a shortage of law enforcement right now. Um, they are undermanned. They have to prioritize their 911 calls. So if you're in a big city where there's only eight people on patrol and there's a homicide call, they're going to go to that. Okay. Um, If your priority is you're broke down on the side of the road and can't get a hold of anyone, you may wait an hour and a half on the side of that dark highway before someone gets to you. And if you have no protection, that's a scary situation. So I tell everyone when I when I call nine one one, I'm calling for backup. I'm saying go on and bring the coroner, bring the investigator, because I'm not going to wait for someone to come and save my life. We're we're in an age where our own nine one one, they just can't get to you fast enough, even in Georgia. I don't know what Pennsylvania is, but Georgia's a nine to 29 minute response time. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't honestly, like where we are in the more rural area, I know this um, mm-hmm. friend of mine who actually is a, he owns a nonprofit that trains police in defensive tactics mm-hmm. and he has shared with us like that because we're rural, the townships share police officers. <laughs> So like, because there's not enough to your point. So it could be, you know, a half an hour response time. And to your point, like you can't wait on that. And if your husband's not home or the guy that has protected you and I, I you would be so proud of me because I went to the range last a couple of weeks ago and in the morning I was like, I've got to load my magazines before I head out. And my husband is like, do you want me to load them for you? And I was like, no, I do not want you to load them for me because I have to learn to do this by myself. And that, to me, the hardest part of shooting my freaking gun is loading <laughs> magazine. Uh, it is. You need to get you a good speed I, like, loader. <laughs> I was Get, so- get a Hilljack open. speed loader. They're really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do probably need to get one of those, but I did it by myself, shoved them all good. in. And um, I was just like, it was one of those moments where I was like, I did it on my own, you know, it's the first time that I haven't had to have him help me with that. And if I like, because I I do, I want to be independent because he's not always going to be with me and he might not always be around. And um, you've been a single mother for a long time. So maybe you can share a little bit about those experiences. But like, if that day comes for me, um, because something happens to my husband, I, I want to be able to defend my kids. And I want my kids to know what to do in a situation. And maybe you can share a little bit about that too. Cause I learned so much from you just about like, if somebody's breaking into the house, what do you do? Where do your kids Well, go? I
1: have a safety plan with my kids and we sleep with our doors locked. And my daughter knows if she hears anything not to come out at night. Um, but she's also trained with a handgun and it makes her feel confident. Like when I'm not here, cause I do travel cause I do have to work late sometimes. She's 15, she'll be 16 in May. Um, there's one time she went and got that because we have a gun that we use for specifically for home defense. There's others, but this particular handgun she has gotten it and taken it to her room and put it on her dresser. So when she, you know, she would have it readily available if anyone were to come in the house and she's confident and she knows you only get one life. Cause this is the thing with young people, they, their brains aren't fully developed and they think it's never going to happen to them. And that's yeah. why, People go to college and get wild because they just never think. And then the next thing you know, you've got the date rape drug or the bad Uber ride. And, you know, I've let them know from a young age, when your life is gone, your life is gone. You get one. And then hopefully you'll be with Jesus after that. (laughs) But she knows it's, it's my life or theirs. And you just have to let them know, like you, young people don't realize the permanency of death. They don't realize that they're never coming back. And so they have to be safe, they have to be aware. They have to be aware of their surroundings and use their instincts. We need to be teaching our girls that, our boys that from a very young age. Um, Even boundaries with distant family, with close family members, grandpas, uncles, whoever. What are boundaries? there's so many things that go into teaching and that's a whole other topic besides. I know as you're saying that I'm thinking, yeah, and we need to teach
0: them like what our body parts are really called and like all those things, but like that's another Mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, I could go down that road for two hours. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, and you've seen, I mean, you've seen on the front lines, like you've seen lose their lives. and So, you know, the impact of what can happen and um, I think it's awesome that you're teaching your girls to grow up, to defend themselves and stick up for themselves and, and know the right times to do it and, um, you know, when not to. And that's another thing that Tori teaches in our classes is, like, you don't, you don't pull your gun out unless you're ready to kill somebody. Like, you don't pull it out and you never shoot at somebody's back. Like, all these things, if you don't shoot at somebody's back, you know, there's just a whole... of things but could you just on the topic of kids because i know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are moms and dads um if somebody breaks into my house and i go to get my gun and get into the center of my house where i'm supposed to be i know that because of you um what what are what am i training my kids to do
1: and well for one um I will stay in our rooms because having the door locked is a barrier. So I have time to get my gun ready. I have time to call nine one one. Now, the only time I would say go into the center of the house is if somebody's trying to get in. Then you can see the doors and windows. Okay, uh, and that's what I was thinking of—is like somebody's trying yes. to. Come. Well, I've told her stay in your room and call nine one one if you hear me about to take someone out. You don't want to come out investigating. And I like the idea of just staying in a room, and then when they break through your door, then it's game on. immediately blast them back out the door but um if they're not in the house definitely be able to go to the center of your house where you can see your doors and windows and um just having a plan like that, having a safety plan for your kids you know hey go to your safe space if you're sitting here eating dinner and someone's banging on your door trying to get in go to your safe space and they'll go to their safe space. Kids love to have a plan. And then all you got to do is you're going to handle business. I feel like it kind of goes from like, so I think if the husband's home and he's capable and then it would be me if I, and then I'm the next, it's hard. Cause you know, I'm engaged and John and I are both Marines. We don't even sit with our back to um, in the room in a restaurant. So we'll both sit on the same side of the, the booth so we can see. So it's yes. different, but say I were with someone who wasn't a Marine, didn't carry, I would be the first line of defense in the house. And then it would be him or whoever you wanna look at like your level of experience. I would, I would think if John's home, he's protecting us and then I've got his back and then my daughter's next. Like you kinda of have to have that little food chain going on. Everybody kinda of has to have a role. And I would think that if my 15 year old was babysitting my four year old and someone came in I would expect my 15 year old to be able to protect her. Everybody in the house has a role they need to play. Like what is my place um, if something like that happens?
0: Yeah, and did you recommend like their safe place be in their room with the door locked? Like, hey, if something happens and somebody's coming in, get to your room as soon as you yes. get the door locked yeah. and, uh, yes. and know yeah. where my phone is. So you can call 911. Yep. And even if you don't
1: have, here's the thing. You can, instead of those old cell phones, instead of recycling them or getting rid of them, um, you can dial 911 on a cell phone without actually having service. So you can leave an old cell phone charged up in a drawer, or in like, say, you have a five year old and that doesn't carry a cell phone, put it somewhere where they know how to get it and teach them how to call 911 because you yeah. don't have to have phone service. Yeah, that's that's I didn't know that. That's a great and that's tip. important because a lot of people do not have landline phones these yes. days. Yeah, the other tip I love that you shared that was
0: eye opening for me was like, to if somebody does break into your house or somebody's coming in or they're already in your house, don't hide in the closet um yeah
1: yeah you don't want to bury yourself into an area that you can't get out of because let me tell you if you're in your closet with your gun calling nine one one, and three men were to break into your house and find you in that space you're going to be dead they're going to probably rape you and beat you and kill you because unless you're close quarters combat trained you're not getting out of that small space so don't ever back yourself into a place that you can't get out of right because then you're into you're your gun becomes a weapon for them to take off of you
0: and shoot you with or beat you over the head with or whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You that just got to like, always
1: have a plan. It's better to have a plan and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think any plan's better than no plan. So even if you think your plan's not the best one in the world, it's better to have one than not have one at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really made me think after the first class I had with you, because initially I was like, what do I do? Do I get my, my initial thing was like, get my kids and like hide in the closet. And now I'm like, no, get your gun and get get in the middle of the house um, or get in the middle of your room so that when they buck, you know, if they do kick down your door, you're ready. Um, So just like, you know, ladies, if you're listening, start thinking about these things that Tori's talking about and how you can defend yourself. Even if you don't carry, you don't have to have a gun. You can just be still smart And grab something in your house that's sharp or heavy or a bat or a piece of sports equipment, whatever it is. Um, But golf (laughs) clubs, golf clubs, yeah. Make sure you know your exits. Make sure you, you know, can can see a good way for your escape. You know, make sure your kids know how to dial nine one one. I love the keeping them in the room with the door locked. That's actually from an insurance perspective safe too, because, um, fires won't go into closed doors as fast. Um, if the doors open, a fire will go right into that room and, and burn it up. So, um, sleeping with your door closed is safe for many reasons. Um, yeah, but, um, but yeah, I just think, man, I being, you know, me, you know, a white girl from the suburbs of Pennsylvania, I haven't, I don't have a lot of street experience and street smarts and I've never really had anybody who's talked to me the way you've spoken um at your classes and kind of just really opened my eyes not only to protect my family in my own home which I think is the most important but also like walking through a parking lot you know my head is on a swivel now and we're I play games with my kids at when we're in the checkout line now of the store Mm. I'm at my phone I'm asking my kids how many people are in line behind us Look me in the eyes and tell me what color the shirt is of the guy in front of me. Tell me what what aisle we're in, because I want them to start practicing the awareness that you're preaching. Right. So that if something does happen, if something happens to mommy, if something happens to them, they can say there was a guy with a red shirt in front of us. And, um, you know, this is what he was doing or the guy that was at the cashier. His name was Jeff or like whatever.
1: <laughs> and it gets them used to paying attention to their surroundings because that's going to be a lifelong thing and training them young is important. Um, my daughter, when she first started driving was over at a friend's house and, um, their little sister, sun was, was going down. So she said, Hey, let's ride over and pick your little sister up. Well, she was, um, adjacent to a middle school at the stop sign. And this guy stopped his car and got out and approached the vehicle. And she's like, I just kept driving, but she's like, had it been, if you had never talked to me about the things you talked to me about, she said, because he's an adult, I probably would have gotten out. Yeah. So you have to talk about um, boundaries and, and things like that. Every day it needs to be discussion. Every time the kids leave the house, you need to be like, okay, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah. So. I know man. I think like at first mine starts to think I'm crazy. Cause I'm like telling them, at the gas station especially too like when we leave the gas station i'll ask them how many cars were at the pumps how were there people in the cars you know what colors were the cars just to get them now it's a game
1: um and they think it's fun and now when we leave places they'll be like all right mom we're ready for the questions um that's a very good idea i love that idea and that may be something i try to add into my classes now is get your kids on board with let's play like a when we get in the car, I'm going to question you and see if you could answer the question. That's a great idea. I love we're that. We're at
0: restaurants. Um, restaurants is the same. Like you guys, you said you guys sit facing the doors. So when we yeah. go to our booth, we'll ask them like, how many people are the table behind us? How many people are over there? What color shirt? You know, just little, just to try and, um, to pay attention Um, because that's something we're so busy, right? Like we're so, Emails are going off, our phones going off. We got notifications on our phones, and we—it's so easy to get distracted, mm-hmm. living your life, and you don't notice anything that's going on around us. And the next thing you know, there's some creepy guy
1: in your freaking car with you. <laughs> you don't even—you know—yeah. <laughs> you never can get your let your guard down. And we're in a day and age now. It's probably the worst time in the history of the world. To be honest, we're just people have lost their minds. The pandemic did not help. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you're seeing it,
0: you know, and, and whether what we see, I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not a news watcher, I will admit that. Um, but everything's so skewed, right? So it's, it's uh, a matter of being present in the real life that you're living, looking around, talking to the people, um, so that
1: you, you don't miss things. Um, yeah, definitely be in the present, in the moment, where you're at because um, a lot of people get stuck in the social media world, the Facebook world, what's going on in Facebook, it's become literally a reality. And it's not it's a computer screen or a phone screen. It's um, the World Wide Web. And uh, people just need to learn to be still and be present where they're at. Yeah, yeah,
0: there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good guys out there. Um, And I'm definitely grateful for you, Tori. And just, for sharing your story and your journey with us and um, how God's called you to really, not just change lives, but save lives. Um, I mean, I just, you're a hero in every sense of the word um, from your male experience. It it takes a lot of courage to step out into something that's controversial um, by, by hand and do the right thing and teach people the right truth And I'm just so like grateful for you for doing that and just being a woman of faith. And, and when God tells you to step into it, you've stepped into it. And, um, I just, it's, it's made me more bold to, you know, share some of the things that I think are right. And so in a way that's not challenging, it's not, you know, you're not pushing it on people or anything like that, but you're educating them, you're giving them confidence, you're helping them be, you know, more confident women of Christ who can also, you know, do their work and defend themselves and protect their family. And so I just, I think you're amazing.
1: I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you being on this podcast. And thank um, you. I'm excited to teach your class again. I'm excited that you're coming to the next class. This will be your third one. Yes. Um, I can't wait to come back to Pennsylvania. It's been awesome. Really good. Yeah, and I figured out and... something too, that I'm excited. I'm, I'm more excited for this one. Cause I figured out why
0: my, I was having some issues. <laughs> it was my grip. I wasn't, you know, I'm tight enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it takes yeah. practice. Muscle memory is key. It's like riding a bike. You got to do it over and over and over. And, you know, I discovered something on the range yesterday that I thought was pretty significant. I, um, I've always shot right eye or both eyes. And so I noticed that my grouping it'd be in the bullseye to be like grouped up low left. So yesterday I was like, "Well, let me switch to my left eye, which I've never done, and everything was dead center." I was like, "So this whole time, mm-hmm. yeah, I was shooting expert, but it's even better with my left eye." And I just figured that out yesterday. I was so excited. That's so even you're me, like so can you tell what expert is? Like what does that mean? Um, so in well, based on Marine Corps, we have three levels of marksmanship we have marksman sharpshooter and expert and it's based on score and um, most of the time, I would say, if you're shooting um, within like a pie plate. Without your rounds missing, I would say like that you're pretty much i um, being able to proficiently um, point shoot and and. Um, and probably within an eight inch pie plate, then I would consider you an expert shooter, but also being able to do it, you know, quickly and not having to sit and think about it for 10 minutes. Um, Yeah, that's me. But anyway, like I said, (laughs) mine is just from scoring from the Marine Corps range. I was a fifth award expert with my rifle. Um, but now I'd probably be an expert with my handgun because we didn't have, not every Marine carries um, a sidearm, like military police officers, people like that do, but, and I did learn it in PMI school and I did work on the pistol range a few times, but, um, it's something that you've got to practice because there's a huge difference in rifle and handgun. Um, I've had guys that hunt their whole life and then they'll come to me to learn how to shoot a handgun because it's just totally different. And, um, yeah, so always something
0: to be learned. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you. So I could talk to you forever. um, But we will, we will end the podcast today. And Tori, thanks again so much. I appreciate you. Um, Guys, if you like this episode, definitely share it. um, Share it with any, if, if, if you're a guy listening to this, which I know there are a few men listen, um, share this with women in your life that, you know, you think you'd learn from these tips and um, be on the lookout for Tori's. Um, She's got, how can they find you? Facebook
1: is the best way it's middle Georgia female firearms training on Facebook. Um, I have my reviews are on there, photos. I put, po- I keep a post uh, up to date things. I sometimes post scenarios to get kind of people thinking, like discussing, like, what would we do in this situation? I try to keep it interactive. And then my website is www.mgffast.com. And, um, There's some stuff on there. I have some news interviews and things that are posted on there.
0: Okay, cool. So I'll post those links too at the bottom of the um, podcast notes. Um, But definitely, I I love following you on social media too. And it does, it keeps it like like in your face because it's one of those things, like I said, you get distracted and you forget about it, but then you see one of Tori's videos or one of her posts and you're like, oh man, I need to think about that. Um, so definitely, like I said, share, comment, feedback. I'm sure I'm going to get all kind of feedback, um, on this episode, um, because I think that it's important. And I think it's a topic that we don't talk about a lot. Um, cause like I said, not everybody's comfortable stepping out, um, to speak about this type of, of
1: thing. Well, this be something I can share on my Facebook as well. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll be able to share it for you to
0: share it. Yeah. So, so it'll be, it'll be awesome. So we will end today with Joshua one, nine. Um, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go.